Okay, it's time to partner with Betfair and preview Kalgoorlie Cup Day, BJ Ryan, Riley Morgan and Tom Johnson. We're teaming up to record episode 143 of The 1-1. This is your West Australian Racing Podcast. It's just before 11am on Thursday, the 29th of September. Hannon's Handicap Day in uh, in the Goldfields, Kalgoorlie, the, the first day of the round um, this afternoon. Kalgoorlie Cup Day on Saturday, Northern on Sunday, and it's the historic Landor double header. Now, the Landor races, it's the East Gascoigne Race Club. It's basically a picnic, a double header picnic weekend of racing. It's been running since the 1920s, so it's a, um, it's a very historically significant uh, event every year, the Landor, uh, the Landor races. So um, anyone who's going along to that, fantastic. They tell me it is an amazing weekend of country racing there up at the uh, in the Eastern Gascoigne. So, and everyone, please stay tuned throughout the show on info how you can enter the Market City Meets Get Out Stakes competition. And we've decided to implement a pre-semifinals buy for our media mogul mastermind tournament. Uh, our semi-final one of our tournament will kick off next Thursday on our Back to Ascot edition. Semi-final one will be Michael Heaton versus Scotty Embry. Who's your prediction with that one, fellas? In a word? Scott. Scott. On uh, toast. Uh, and the following week, it'll be semi-final two, Jay Rooney versus Brittany Taylor. In a word? Has to be Rooney, doesn't it? He's just got the runs on the board. <laughs> Upset. Upset. Value. Tommy's yeah. going for the value there. Britt Taylor taking on Jay Rooney. So October 6, October 30, we'll, 13 will be our two semifinals and then we'll roll into our Mastermind Tournament finale uh, October Thursday, October 20. So very much looking forward to that. Okay, Tommy and Riley, let's get cracking on our Kalgoorlie Cup Day preview. First things first, though, it's time for the Kalgoorlie Track Report. Brought to you by Witten's Irrigation and Design. Whether it's racetrack, residential or commercial, water wisely with Witten's. Now, to give us the Witten's track report for Kalgoorlie Cup Day, we've decided to get our man, the Perth Racing Guru, who's on location in the goldfields. Terry, how are you? Welcome to the 1-1. One, one. Uh, mate, what's happening in Kalgoorlie at the moment? And let's uh, set the scene for Kalgoorlie Cup Day. How's the track going to play? I know you're a very keen observer of the Kalgoorlie racing season, Rail in the True. What are you expecting from um, from the pattern-wise on uh, on Saturday? You're going to a bit of a Mark Lacrosse set the scene type Yes, exactly. Uh, good, to, good to hear everyone's voices, by the way. How, how are we, lads? How are we all doing? Are we excited? We are very excited. Very excited, Terry. I wouldn't say excited. I'd say more flat. Why? I'm in a studio in Perth. As, yeah. as opposed to, I don't know, the worst place on earth in Kalgoorlie <laughs> after last year. But yeah, I, I wish I was there. For me. Yeah, one day I'll get there. So what? What? Where, well, are, where are you? Not too late. Where are you right now, Terry? Let the listeners uh, know. Sitting on my balcony in the plaza. We got Pete Anthony, Pistol Pete in the room, and uh, and Bradley McManus is currently ironing our, our ironing our shirts. So. He's a little bit short of money, so we're chipping in a couple of bucks each per shirt for him to get a nice increase rate. <laughs> That's a joke. Uh, it was not really a joke. He's actually ironing. He's doing a great job, too, so I don't know why I'm picking on him. That's really mean. Um, anyway, the Witten's track report, BJ. Great great question. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's green. It's, it's dry, but it's actually, it's actually uh, cooler here than it is in um, Perth, I believe, which is 
quite surreal. I don't know how that's that's a thing to be honest with you. So the first thing for the day is you're going to wear shorts or pants, and I think it's pants weather. So pants weather, 22 degrees. So wear your pants. I wouldn't wear a tie. I think that's overdressed personally, but. You know, it is a country cup after all, so you sort of dress the level you want to dress to. <laughs> uh, but the track itself, CJ, um, the inside pads have been, um, it's been a very firm spot most of the year. They've only raced there a few times this year, but horses coming wide have seemed to stop dead and some good horses are on their runs. So I'm, I'm pretty wary about that. And the fact the last two carnivals have been very much uh, big on pace sort of days as well. Um, bigger fields later in the day, it tends to fare up when you've got more speed in races, obviously. But um, I am mindful um, that it could be difficult and it could be extremely advantageous to be in those sort of first sort of two or three lanes closest to the fence. Very good. So not only do we provide a track report, but we've got a dress code uh, announcement, public mm. service announcement as well here via <laughs> via our friends at Witten's. Um, Terry, now you're uh, you're becoming a bit of a veteran of the Kalgoorlie Round. You're you've got mm. up there with Pistol Pete and uh, Bradley McManus um, for a few days. Now, um, what what can you give the people that are uh, attempting the round for the first time any any pointers? What what uh, what's What's uh, some of your rules of thumb when it comes to surviving the Kalgoorlie round? Nice breathy at the palace. Get to the goal bar early to avoid the six-hour line. And just hope hope that there's a few more hospitality workers uh, in Kalgoorlie at the moment because it was hard work getting a beer last year on course. So... Uh, so that, that's that's the um, that's the main aim for the day. You just sometimes you've got to buy multiple at a time. You've got to park yourself. You've got to triple park yourself. But I just think that's that's all part of the ramp. It's all part of being in Kalgoorlie, you know. So you're not going to find much gold these days unless you unless you find. Oh, I think we've got a big price winner today. Actually, I'll talk about that later. Is, um, the, um, is the gold bar walking distance Terry from the plaza, or do you have to uh, do you have to stand around in the, mate, uh, in the taxi rank line at the end of the night? I can see it. Right now, I can see the Tats Club, where I'll be purchasing the winner of the Kalgoorlie Cup and the Calcutta tomorrow night. can see the, what am I looking at? can see the gold bar, can see the exchange. Yeah, no, I'm, in, I'm in heaven. Prime I'm in heaven. He's in the 1-1, one one, really. You're in the 1-1. One, one. <laughs> we are, yeah, we're in the, yeah, we're, we're travelling well too, to be honest with you, which is concerning, which means I'll be travelling very poorly tomorrow. I suggest I wouldn't be running out a strong thousand metres tomorrow. So you're in the um, goal. You're in the goldfields, Terry. How about you give the listeners a little bit of Guru Gold on Kalgoorlie Cup Day? The markets are out. Have you been active this morning? Yep. What What are you What are you lining up? What can you What can you feed us? Uh, it's, it's a good day. I don't really like today as a punting day. We've got a few in. Uh, you and I, BJ, we've got Ruling Dame and Evelina later, and obviously I've got Dig Deep in the Cup, so I'm probably just more thinking today is more of an ownership day and hope for a miracle from a awkward gate with one of them. Um, but I do like Saturday uh, as a betting day. There's some of the worst... Um, some of the worst sixty, eighty thousand dollar races of all. It's, it's hard to believe some of those horses are racing for eighty grand um, prize money. Like we have a race where I think shoot your shot or forty one days is favourite for a uh, eighty thousand dollar race. So good on them. It's um, it's amazing money. It's amazing money for a uh, for a pretty uh, pretty thin old race. But um, a couple I don't mind is uh, Mexicola in that same race, race three or four uh, over the mile. Um, basically, they're all. They're all battling. Like I've marked both count second favourite. I think it can actually pinch it probably. So if you're marking both count second favourite, it's a good indication you should be back on the horse you've got favourite because both count probably doesn't win another race in its life, does it? Um, but Mexico is the only one of any of these last start that sort of said beyond me. Um, next time I go round, it's a better horse over the mile. It carries weight well traditionally. It's a big unit. So like it settles midfield and both count put some speed into it. And it 
reckon it should finish over them. I'm 290 Maxi Cola, and uh, we'll go to the last for one more. And um, I think Dunbar can win the last. Um, I was with Green and Shady initially the way I was doing it, but uh, that horse just finds a lot of trouble. I think from barrier four, it's going to end up sort of four back the fence, uh, five back the fence, and, and Kalgoorlie's not a track you can sort of get out late and, and pop through in. I don't know if Green and Shady um, is the type of horse you want sort of just accelerating off 150 metres. So I think Dunbar can land three wide with a bit of cover close to him and, and, and wind up in a race full of speed. So yeah, the two, I think, on the day will make a result. Maxi Kohler and Dunbar, and just, double, and just, 20 to one. Just a quick comment on the cup itself. Ash Maley. That's my plan. Ash Maley. Um, I found it very difficult to come at anything with a huge amount of confidence, but I've marked Blue Spock's favourite and I've marked Bad Wolf half its current price. So um, I will be backing Ash Maley. Very interesting with Bad Wolf. Beat um, Stafford's later home in the ATA. I think it was the ATA. It was the Town. Towton. Last yep. year, BJ. Towton Cup. Towton, sorry, yeah. So, beat it home in the Towton, gets five kilos on it, and it gets map advantage on it too. So, I um, thought its last run was, was pretty good considering the work it did early and then topped a little check in the straight as well. So, um, it's 20 to 1, sluice boxes, six bucks, I think, but not with a huge amount of confidence. We'll be hoping Ashley Maley takes home the cup. Doesn't mind a celebratory froppy as well. <laughs> Very good, mate. We won't keep you. I can, you can tell the excitement in his voice, can't you? The guru. He's ready to attack. <laughs> no, I'm up and about. Yeah, he's ready to I'm, attack. Con- I'm concerningly up and about. If there's a podcast tomorrow, I reckon I won't have the same vibrancy in my voice. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, I won't be answering my phone till about 3pm. So, yeah, good luck to you, Pistol Pete and Bradley McManus and uh, everyone who's making the uh, making the trip to Kalgoorlie for, for the round. Hannon's Day today, Cup Day Saturday, and, uh, yeah, enjoy yourself, Terry, and we'll see you when you uh, get back to Perth in one piece. Thanks, lads. Enjoy. Okay, let's let's get things started with race one. Kalgoorlie Cup Day is the CD Dodd Maiden 12 100 metres. There's a couple of nice horses in this race, actually, guys. However, it is important for uh, for our listeners to note the double engaged across the Thursday and the Saturday meetings. And um, is there a couple in who were nominated for Northern Sunday as well? But I might just throw to you, Riley. Can you let us know who's going around today and uh, who is still engaged to race in the CD Dodd in the opener? Well, BJ, in this particular race on Saturday, one of the key speed influences in the race down the bottom there made my way for Ricky Brown. is currently also engaged to go around today on Hannon's Handicap Day, and he's one of the, the key runners in this race on the weekend from a speed map perspective. So just might pay to... To, it might pay to pay some attention to whether or not this horse does go around in this event on the weekend and whether they do back up off the couple of days. But in terms of the the double-nominated runners, he's the only one in this opening event on the weekend. Okay, yeah, it's not uncommon for the horses to go Thursday, Saturday as well, especially the, the locals. So, um, yeah, just keep an eye out, listeners. There are some double-engaged sort of scattered throughout the program, but um, just keep your eye on the scratchings for that. So, Riley, you did touch on the speed there with um, Made My Way. There does look like there's a bit of top-end speed in this particular race. Um, Pilbara Song uh, led at speed the other day for Roy Rogers, Made My Way. Storm Lord for Ryan Hill can go forward, and there's a couple of horses with a bit of speed, but I think they'd like to sort of tuck in behind them in, in Filthy Habits and perhaps Magna Burner coming up, coming from a wide alley. TJ, how do you assess the uh, the CD Dodd Maiden, the opener, Kilgore Cup Day? Um, I assessed it with a lack of confidence just purely on the basis that I reckon I take two different views depending on Made My Way being in and Made My Way being out of the race. Mm-hmm. So the horse I wanted to kind of centre in on is Magna Burma. Mm-hmm. I think 
I think it's a horse that has a fair bit of talent and we haven't quite seen it yet. Uh, from memory, it has trialled up previously quite nicely and just hasn't really put it into race form. Um, and 10 looks a little bit sticky, but in my map, I had a big gap behind the leaders that if they wanted to go and take it, they, they kind of could just land there. Yeah, I, yeah. Sort of, I sort of felt maybe a three-wide line as well, perhaps. Cut three-wide cover for Mag- Magna Burma. Yeah, and I just didn't see... I mean, I see it can be possible, but in my in my map, I thought that there is definitely a high possibility that he finds cover in this race. Um, and it's there wasn't much else in the race that I thought was overly talented uh, in terms of uh, wholeheartedly being, oh, it's got the race sewn up. Playhouse Patron, I'm kind of taking on. I thought the trial was just okay. And I think the map is quite sticky, especially if Made My Way comes out. I think it'll end up quite far back on a slowish or not as hot a tempo and will find it awfully difficult if he gets boxed in. So I'm Magna Burma. I'm around the $5 mark, so I'm not overly confident. I don't particularly want to play, but that's the way I've leaned. Magna, did Magna Burma start favourite the other day? It did. Yeah, so, so it got backed S- in heavily. Profile. Very well backed. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I thought the run was was a bit a bit plain, but you're right. It did show – I think I might have even backed it first start in a race. It was uh, – Ended up being $4 favourite in a race won by Pennies on the Queen at Ascot back in February. Ran third on that occasion, but um, hasn't quite been able to piece it together. But maybe SJ Miller heading to the goldfields, blinkers on, might be able to turn things around. Riley? Yeah, just a bit of a difference in opinion here for me in terms of the trial from Playhouse Patron. It was, for me, I really liked the trial. It was um, one of the quickest heats of the morning, of that morning. And I thought that this horse began far better than he did in his two-year-old days and was able to show he can hold a position. And, um, leaving the machines really well and I thought once he was asked for an effort he really quickened up well and, and let down nicely through the line so I thought it was a, a super piece of work from from him resuming here for for Bob McPherson if, if we go back and look through his two-year-old form he was he was the run Pretty of the good, race yeah. he was the run of the race at his second start when taken back to last from from the widest barrier behind Santorio and Rejuva King and then from barrier 15 of 15 ran second to Capricorn Man in a in a really strong run 1200 meters when when caught off the track throughout and then we go through his two most recent starts he was a, I thought he was a superior run to Costa's crown in a in a Perth Stakes and finished on the heels of, of all the King's men who we saw what that galloper was able to do last week and then was was solid in a Karakata plate as well. So it's pretty clear that this guy up until now in his career hasn't drawn a barrier and he, he does draw a barrier here on the weekend and showed to me in his recent trial that he can hold a position there and with plenty of, of speed engaged here, he can sit sit in behind the midfield with cover and he trialled without the blinkers and they come off here for the, for the first time on race day. So although I do think he's got the most upside here from a as a potential perspective, he's just a little skinny for me at around that two dollars thirty. And the other galloper that that drew my attention was Filthy Habits, who, yep. who I'd be I'd be more keen on this on Filthy Habits chances here if Made My Way was to come out, who who also goes around today and is obviously very quick and, and drawn to his outside. I, I thought his run last start at Northam had plenty of merit. He he really had to work to get across in a race where they they ran the first six hundred meters six lengths faster than average. So I thought he was enti- entitled to blow out a little bit late, but I thought he still gave a really good kick and he should land in a prominent position from the draw and back to 1200 metres. If he was able to, to find the top here or there wasn't as much speed in, in terms of him landing leaders back and there wasn't a real charge of the light brigade to get to the front where it could get a little bit sticky mm-hmm. for room there at certain stages, I'd be more keen on his chances uh, on in terms of Playhouse Patron with the match fitness on his side, but just think most likely he gets crossed and could potentially end up three back the fence, which may not be the right setup for him dropping back in trip. So mm-hmm. it's a difficult little race to assess the first the 
first on Saturday. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of on your page, Riley. I reckon I really like Playhouse Patron as a horse. I love the way that he sort of lengthened and lowered in his action when he set out after uh, what's that horse's name? Aruchacha, Aruchacha, Aruchacha. In that Tlakiel trial, he just really looked like looked very determined, and um, yeah, just really ate up the uh, like ate up the ground there with with sort of with um, beautiful fluent action there from Playhouse Patron and, and didn't really have a lot of luck in those um, those sort of feature two races against <laughs> no, like he just he's just one of those horses and it's interesting because he did show show gate speed early in his career and I noticed in that trial the other day Joey has a party uh, when they began he actually began with them so I'm hoping from three he can just and the speed comes across um, he can just drop in behind them and, and get sort of a, a real look at what's happening in front of him. Um, for me, I think Playhouse Patron is the winner. I was 275, though. I don't know what you guys thought about price-wise. So a little bit like what reiterating what Riley said, the 230, 240 is on the thin side. I'm hoping that might be a bit of a common sort of um, theme that people people think he's a bit short and there's money for your Stachiennes, your Filthy Habits and uh, maybe even a Magna Burma push they they firm and he can maybe get out more towards my price. He's the one I was really looking at. Filthy Habits was was the one who gets the map. Winkers on, CJP. Um, it was George Gently, uh, Stachien and Secret Identity were the three horses that beat him home. So um, beat, yeah, in that uh, Northern Maiden um, last start that was the 15th of September so Luke Fernie back on his home deck I reckon he'll be, have this horse cherry ripe to, to run a race so yeah just interesting two. as well um, going back to his his debut run was that this is a horse he looks like he's quite a big sort of striding horse and my query for him from that draw with the speed engaged is he could, could as he did in his first run he overdid it a little bit once he was caught sort of strung up in between horses and, and in behind horses on the fence so I thought that that maybe could be the area of issue for him on the weekend if he does get cross but yeah, I was two dollars ninety Playhouse Patron um, on in the opener on the weekend, so the two dollars thirty currently won't get me. But mm. hopefully, there's a there's a drift there, or they or they overbet Playhouse Patron, and we can have something small on Filthy Habits. Yeah, my last comment on this race is Hidden Ruby's been um, three wide no cover the entire its last two, no luck. So perhaps uh, tucked in with a bit of bit of cover, uh, 53 kilos after Holly Watson's claim, um, Hidden Ruby might be a bit, a bit sort of maddy territory in the opener of the day. But uh, um, that is uh, the CD Dodd Maiden covered. Race two is the Rexall Handicap, 1760. It's a graduation, uh, 59 plus from a ratings point of view, 55 kilo minimum. Uh, Henchard, who... Um, unusually accepted in two races. You don't see that very often, or maybe it was just... And so he was accepted in races two and three, but he's going around in race two. Interestingly enough, also, Brad Willa is on board. Regular rider, Clint Johnston-Porter, is partnering feuding <coughs> from the Nick Carapalotti yard. Um, just the nine runners here. Um, interested to... It's interesting to see that I think the two... Last two winners of this particular race are both engaged here. Magic Will Rain two years ago and Pretty Friar last year. Riley, 
your thoughts on Pretty Fryer in the Rexall? It's a good race. It's a good race. There's a few differing form lines sort of colliding here. Some really strong performers in lower sort of Kalgoorlie grades stepping up in the in the likes of feuding, meeting some sort of seasoned veterans of these sort of races, as you touched on, BJ, with Magic Will Rain and Pretty Fryer. And I expected to find Henchard as, as most likely the best horse in the race here and was somewhat surprised to find that Pretty Fryer actually ticked plenty of boxes for me here. And now we go back through this mare's form and this is a mare who's been racing in, in better races races than this and two starts ago was was only beaten two lengths by Ginger Green and Olsafina who's a dual subsequent winner and then and enticing who's also a subsequent winner and, and ran second last weekend to to all the King's men and then last start despite not being mentioned in the stewards report which was interesting this horse was three back defence in a real sit sprint sort of race where they absolutely crawled along and, and really didn't find galloping room in the straight until passing the 150 so although there isn't anything in the stewards report there she never really got a good crack at them and again never really got checked or anything Thing, but just just cramped. Yeah, it was just really cramped, cramped for Rome, yeah. certainly. And then you look at the form around her there again, still only beaten a tad over two lengths, position of power, try for us and Catalpa, and that's that's super form for a horse that I think's only going to improve the deeper she gets into her preparation, the further she gets out in trip and, and the drier the ground she gets when she she certainly gets that here on the weekend. She she loves Cal Gooley. Loves Cal. She's yeah. two from two at the track and distance and was a dominant winner in a similar race to this on this day twelve months ago, yeah. as you as you mentioned, BJ yeah. and Sean O'Donnell sticks with her I think she brings the strongest form with her to the gold fields and, and ticks plenty of boxes for me here so around that that seven dollars fifty is now into into six dollars I still think that's a, a nice enough price to be to be having something on Tommy yeah I took a little different view in that I thought feuding has shown that it uh he yes he has gone to a new level this prep mm-hmm. um I think he's flying I thought 1600 uh last start really brought the best out of him and I think the 1760 here who uh, suit him to a T, gets uh, couldn't stink, uh, sticks. And I just found Henchard at 210 uh, is just way too short yep, for, I agree. for I agree. me. As much as he might be the best horse in the race, um, I, there's just no way you'll find me. I find me backing it at that price. Uh, Pretty Fryer was well in my market around the $7 mark. So he's in and around that price now. But I was 290 feuding. He's just above that. I'll, um, but I think I can almost wait on feuding and I think I'll see a little bit of a better price late and that'll be the way I go. I just want to mention a horse by the name of Eurogem who does go around uh, today on, today yeah, so dual on Hannon's Day. Um, different jockey, different setup. I think I would have found this horse. Last start was horribly held up, got out with 100 to go and offered a little bit late. But I think the horse is going really well and... In a different setup, I think uh, he can pick up a win somewhere or she can pick up a win somewhere. So that's just one to follow out of the race. Yeah. Also, there's a couple more Calgary meetings prior to the end of the season post the round. So Eurogen might be one of those horses who picks up a race post. But yeah, I'm with you. That was a, that was a black booker for sure. And just in, just want to touch on Henchard, who who obviously as the short price elect according to the market in this race, it was a, it was a good win last start when I think unsuited by the tempo, but he did get a nice cart up into it on the back of the second place getter there. Dad's big headed. Sorry to bring um, that back up. I was with you there, Tommy. But yeah. what was interesting for me was the <laughs> was the post race comments from Adam Durant regarding what trip the horse might be looking for or, or what might be his best trip, and Durant seemed to be of the opinion that. 
day that the horse might be best suited at a mile, which is which is interesting when you consider that they scratched Henchard from another very winnable race with a over jo- the mile later on in the card. As well, yeah. For for this in terms of uh, in in favour of this event over a bit more ground. So in saying that, this is also a very winnable race, and he should be able to land a bit handier to the speed from the gate. But just think that there has to be a few reservations, and it's interesting placement when you put into account the the post race comments that he'd be best at the mile, and they've they've scratched from that race to go to this race over more ground. And no CJP either, stable jock. So there's a couple of little, and I mean, as you said, it's clearly the right race for him because he's even money favourite when markets are released. So the, um, you know, the markets are suggesting that he's a 50-50 chance of winning this particular race. But I'm with you, Tommy. I think I think Nick Carapolotti's done an amazing job with, with feuding. Um, ex Darren McCaller force, I believe. Yeah. And um, what's he, even, even in his defeats um, in Kalgoorlie, there's been a couple of occasions where he hasn't really had a lot of luck. He probably should have won uh, second up when, ta- when beaten um, by Town Hall, was three wide, no cover the entire behind Seable, and then was sort of sort of held up and cramped for a room behind Seable the following start. And then it's gone, um, and CJP goes on, gets a beautiful trail behind a genuine tempo the other day and just puts him to the sword um, up over the mile there. Uh, back That was the 4th of September. He's 27 days between runs, but um, with the run, he's likely to get tucked in behind the speed. Um, CJP's beautiful hands just conserving, conserving and producing at the right time. I had feuding and Henchard marked exactly the same Flat $3. They were my market leaders. Henchard, even money. Feeding, there's a little bit of three thirty, three forty around at the moment. Feeding for me. Yeah, the other thing with feuding as well, um, being from the Nick Carapolotti stable, is I know he's off 27 days, but Nick seems to have them going really well off extended, uh, extended breaks, mm-hmm. um, which I haven't really seen much of. Um, like normally with a horse off 27 days, I'd mark it as a negative. But with Nick, I just don't think it's an issue. He's had a few that first up and off 40-odd day breaks that are just performing uh, above market um, expectations. So I think 27 days isn't a negative and you can always put a line through that being a factor. Are we going to talk about So Schmidt? No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> leave, leave, leave me out of that, PJ. <laughs> Um, I just was just kept going back and watching its run behind Ginger Green first up, and I was like, "Wow, that was an incredibly competitive performance from So Schmidt, who was basically a uh, on the uh, on the scrap heap after leaving the Steve Wolf yard. Now with Brad Graham unsuited in a sit and sprint, getting back running on. Uh, interesting to see Brad Parnham go on for Brad Graham. We'll be talking about another Brad and Brad combination in another race uh, on the card as well. But um, So Schmidt could be uh, could be a random ruffy on uh, on Kalgoorlie Cup Day um, who could jump into a hole or third and fourth and. Uh, help with your uh, exotics there. So I think he might be going around over the odds, his old So Schmicker, Narragin Cup winner in his prime. Race three is the Kalgoorlie Paint Centre Handicap, over the mile, 66 plus uh, advertised. However, the strength of this race means that, uh, or lack thereof, means that it was um, actually weighted as a 59 plus on the handicapper scale. 55 kgs on the minimum. Number one, Henchard is a scratching. He'll be going around in race two, as we just discussed. Very keen on one here, just see whether you boys find it as well. Riley, 
You're up first. Yeah, BJ. I think we I think we see eye to eye here in in race number three. And for me, I was I was completely taken by the by the last start effort of Mexi Cola, who who had his fourth run here for the preparation, gets out to the mile, and he just looks really really set for this. He he got a very long way back last start in the m- Memorial Sprint and had no room approaching the corner. And I think personally, I've convinced myself that if he, if he if he had got out at the top of the straight, that he would have won that race. And I think this horse is flying. He's he's twice a winner at the mile. He carries weight really well, which is crucial for him. And I do like the small field for him here as well with what looks to be quite a soft leader in Bow Count. I wouldn't think that Bow Count could still be there whacking away right at the business end. And shoot your shot, who's your most likely breeze horse, is off a pretty lengthy uh, gap between runs as well. And shoot your shot, I think, is likely left in front a fair way from home, which could which could really play into the hands of this horse if Rewilla can keep him somewhat within striking distance. And I thought that that last side effort was, uh, was one of the runs of the day. And I think getting up to the mile is a, is a trip he's proven at previously and he I really like his chances Mexicola so at that sort of $4.20 he's at now I'll make him my best on the day mm. Tommy yeah this wasn't a race that really excited me um, only this morning did I discover that I've uh, shoot your shots off that extended break in my head I had 21 days which I thought was perfect 41 but, days yep uh, so yeah, I was yeah. 20 days off so almost double um, which changes things a little bit, but I don't think it changes the fact that I'm not excited about the race as a whole. <laughs> I think it's uh, we can't bring you, can't bring you with us. <laughs> no, you probably will on the day. You'll probably get me. But considering, I think in the market, there's uh, what is that five or six between or six between three sixty and nine dollars speaks volumes about the race. Where nothing would overly surprise me. I don't want to be on a horse like Gluten Free. I don't want to be on a horse like Megazone. I sure as hell don't want to be on All in Red. That horse is, gives me nightmares. Mm. Bow count, I'd be very surprised if it wins another race. Shoot your shot off an extended break. And Mexico, I just don't think it's that good despite the last run. Uh, for me, I'm more than happy to sit and watch and uh, let these go around because if Sensational won, then that would be my best result. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just a couple of things on the horses that you touched on. Megazone hasn't won in 33 starts. His last win was the 18th of December, 2019. And gluten-free, although racing very consistently, as is Megazone, gluten-free hasn't won in its last 24 starts. That was the 2nd of November, 2019. So there's a couple of those horses who are kind of floating around in the market who struggled to win. It's, um, it's interesting you say that, BJ, because I thought – going through this race, I thought, hmm, perhaps this could be the the setup where they back gluten-free up off the two days, considering the horse was, was entered to, to race today. It could be that that two-day backup, which which could be a – it's a proven formula at Kalgoorlie. It's a proven formula to be popular with punters, but mm-hmm. they seem to have, have scratched that horse from today to go to Saturday, which I think is actually a positive for me in, in my how much I like the chances of Mexicola. I thought that that two-day backup might play into the hands of gluten-free, but mm-hmm. seeing that horse come out now sort of increases my – confidence in in how I've played this race. Yeah, and I, I feel as though with bow count, gluten-free, shoot your shot, rolling forward, it's going to be a genuine mile. Brad Willer can just cuddle up Mexicola. It probably doesn't have to ex- expend much um, energy early, can cruise into the race middle, hopefully outside of heels rather than having to weave through, which he ha- had to do last start. Small field, if he can get rolling into the race, full momentum, full head of steam, hits the Kalgoorlie straight, ready to rock and roll, I think this is going to be a one-act affair late. Pretty keen here. Mexicola, he is also my best of the day. Just touching, he, has, he is uh, twice a winner at the mile. 
This time last year, he ran in all three cups races: mm, Coolgardie Cup, Boulder Cup, Kalgoorlie Cup. This round, this this uh, twelve months later, he's dropping back in grade and uh, has found a real winnable race on Cup Day. I think that I had him marked two seventy favourite, so that current price is um, is quite juicy for uh, for me. So uh, Mexicola, Riley, and uh, my best of the day. I'll I'm play devil's advocate just quickly on yeah. that one. What do you make of the Two starts, uh, first and second up with 61 kilos being just, uh, I thought, just okay. I don't know if you took the same view. Yeah. And then drops to 54 and then it's produced a really, um, almost a spike run in terms of this prep. How now judging going back up to 59, is that a factor that you've taken into consideration? Because I just thought the five kilo that just might have been the difference is uh, a horse that is appreciating the lightweight and has put in a real big peak and now back up five kilos might just plateau a little bit in that last 200 metres. Perhaps, perhaps. So I just thought, I just thought it was just, there was so many negatives on the other horses. That was the, yeah. that was the thing that really made me, I needed to fill my market, my market percentage up. And I just couldn't, I couldn't give a lot to your cessationals and those horses. So every time I tweaked my market, it just got Mexicola sort of shorter. But to answer your question, I don't see the weight as a negative. And I just think those first two runs were, um, for prep runs, I suppose yep. they were just building fitness runs and get his get his um, sort of get him moving into the into the campaign. Um, carried sixty and a half to win at Esperance um, in February. Um, carried ca- sixty to win at Kalgoorlie over yeah. twelve hundred meters last year as well. And his last and his win prior to that was sixty at Northam. So for me, uh, I won't be the, the necessarily the weight that that beats him. Maybe if they go bananas out in front and it's like a tearaway leader situation and last man standing, that might. That might mean that he feels the weight late, um, which could be a factor, but I feel as though Mexico has just been set for this race and ready to win. Race four is the Coastal Midwest Transport Handicap. It's a zero metro win last year, over 2,200 metres, uh, 54.5 minimum. Adam Durant, CJP, one of the best combinations going around. They team up here with the top weight. He's a lucky lad. The very well-travelled uh, tough bugger, Arnie's boy, comes back from a Carnarvon Cup, Belmont last Saturday, straight to the goldfields <laughs> on the seven-day seven spin around. Um, only Money Maley uh, can... Uh, can get away with these things. But um, other than that, it kind of drops off a bit of a cliff, this field. Um, don't know what you guys thought, but um, they, they are the two, and they're the two, obviously, that the the market has found mostly. Uh, the other horses in single figures currently, there's a chance of three, the local $6, uh, and it's a Lance uh, down the bottom there with Holly Watson on board is around the $8 mark. Tommy, any, uh, any pearls of wisdom for this particular race? Um, I found this one a bit tricky. I was, I was favourite Arnie's boy over he's a lucky lad, and there's a chance I didn't have far away in my market. Mm. But that's where I had an ending. I know it's a Lance is going around um, today, I believe. Um, yep, dual nom, dual nom, and so that horse wouldn't surprise if they back up on. Um, but I don't. I think the seven dollars is really too short for that horse. Um, he's a lucky lad at the two eighty won't get me. Mm-hmm. I, I was around $3.50 for Arnie's boy and around $5 for there's a chance and they're right around that mark. But I just hard to back any of these with a whole lot of confidence or either one of them because if he's a lucky lad came out and won, I wouldn't be surprised. It was out the door last start, so I'm not surprised by the average performance in the end. Um, so if you see any support here, 
it, it wouldn't shock me for it to come out and win by two lengths or anything. So, so last Saturday, he's on the quick backup. Arnie's boy and uh, Lucky Lad are both coming out of the same race. So he last Saturday, he's a Lucky Lad officially, um, three forty out to six dollars in that race. Um, Arnie's boy was eleven out to sixteen, so he eased as well, around third behind Accelerate. So the money was strong for Accelerate and was it Crescent City? Was that where the money yeah. came Accelerate from? Accelerate was the big money. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, interesting. Do, do we think he's a lucky lad's a stayer? Um, oh, see, this is where I had my my queries, BJ, and my question marks being around whether he is a genuine stayer or, or whether he's as, as, as good as we may have thought. Um, you just go back to his, his second up win, which, which was a nice win visually, but you go back through that race and he was on the express lane taking the cutaway for that day and the form through that race hasn't been franked either. So um, he carries top weight here, gets back to you'd think would be near last or close enough to it from the gate. I just think there's more questions around him and how he's going at the moment than there is answers, particularly at when the- you when you take into account how much of a drifter he was last weekend. And the price we're getting at the moment, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just not the right price for me. Yeah. I, I don't think he should. I think Arnie's boy should be favourite in this race. Mm. Um, So whether that's the way I end up playing it, I don't know. But basically I know that I will be on Arnie's boy or there's a chance or both. I won't be on he's a lucky lad unless it goes out to like $7, $8. But even then, if it goes out to $7, $8, what's going wrong? Mm. How bad is he in the yard? So... Yeah, I'd, I don't know. I think it's sort of 2200s at Kalgoorlie aren't the easiest of races and this fits the bill. So I suppose one thing he does have in his favour is there's only the nine runners and maybe a couple of them come out if they race today or, or, or whatever and he doesn't have to circle a big field. I thought it was just really hard to make up ground in that race last Saturday. One horse I did run on in that race was Special Picture, I think, ran a good last two. Um, so War didn't run on. He's a lucky lad, sort of whack, whacked away. It was a funny odd race. None of those horses at the back travelled though. No, it, they no. didn't. It wasn't. As I if, wonder if it wasn't as if they the the leading sort of brigade were able to break away and they weren't able to, to keep up with them. It was uh, these horses at the back of the field were just not travelling well at all. Well, I wonder if he's a lucky lad. Might be a bit of a dry track improver as well. Back well, that's, to yeah. back to Cal, uh, back to a genuine good track in Kalgoorlie. Yeah, three um, of his three of his four career wins have been on the on the good four tracks. There, for, he's a lucky lad. I mean, I was on him, very keen on him the day that he ran second to Black Chips. That was December eighteen Ascot last year. He was still a fifteen favourite. He sort of went got caught in a two horse war with that horse who is a genuine stay and just got bobbed out really. So that run didn't suggest to me that he doesn't stay. And also Adam Durant, you can never you can never knock him off on anything, you know, um, any of his horses that are 800 metre plus, he's just a genius at, at conditioning those type of horses. So I can see the race, the way that the race shapes out and the fact that a lot of the, lot of the locals just don't have the same quality as he does means that he's going to be short in this nine horse field. Um, but I'm kind of thinking a little bit that Arnie's boy He's probably going to have field position, fitness, toughness. He might be able to outlast a horse like he's a lucky lad who might be sort of launching late but might feel the pinch um, at the end of the 2200 as well. So Arnie's boy, but even he's still a little bit thin. I actually thought uh, – might sound a bit wild, but I actually thought Decoy Noxious could be any, a dry track improver on the quick backup as well. Obviously didn't didn't go a yard in that in that ground uh, the other day. Has raced well in Calgary the past, in the past and has is probably going to go around at um, – at uh, a long, long price. But I don't know why some addiction would take this horse all the way to Kalgoorlie if he didn't pull up well and she doesn't think he can be competitive as well. Well, interesting to note with that horse two starts ago was 
I can't remember what the opening price of was, but I think it was something somewhere around $51 and it started at $6. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the stranger moves uh, like of the day. And they went straight to the front and tried to break their hearts and it just told late. And it wouldn't surprise me if we saw a money move here to see similar tactics um, and try and break them open mm-hmm. um, at the 1,000 metre mark and really set them alight. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't know the true staying capability of horses like Arnie's boy and he even he's a lucky lad with somewhat questioning his ability to stay. So if that does happen, it might really open up this race and it, that wouldn't be the most shocking thing to happen for him to be five lengths in front with 200 to go. Mm. Yeah, I think people are going to have a little bit of liberties to try and um, try a few different things on Kyogoli Cup Day, especially with a few short price favourites and the way that the track is going is likely to play. Riley, you wanted to chime in? Yeah, it's a tricky race, a few different angles. For me, I just thought that perhaps uh, of the locals that do have some quality that there's a chance is, yeah. is one of those horses. And I thought his last start effort with the 62 kilos was was a bit of a horror show. He never saw clear daylight. And I thought he travelled into the into that race far better than anything else that's that close to the speed in running. They all seemed to be really paddling approaching the corner, but he was just caught in behind them, really looking for room and, and didn't find it. And at first glance, some might query the, the trip here, but if we go back in his career, this horse went to town for an, an apprentice's cup over the 2,200 metres and had a very inexperienced jockey in the saddle that day who, who went forward on him and opened up a break. I'm not sure if you remember the race, BJ, but I opened do. up a break of about eight lengths on the field early before before dropping the proverbial anchor yep. and, and mid-race resulted in numerous mid-race moves. And before you knew it, he went from six lengths in front at the 1,000 to sixth on the corner with yep. 400 to go. And I thought the way he picked up through the line there, given how the race was run, was, was a super effort. He's only been beaten three lengths, Reliable Star, and, and four lengths, Pure Devotion, who was were well in the market there in a Perth Cup. So so it wasn't a – given no offence, it wasn't one of the, the best rides of all time, but it was an Apprentice's Cup for that reason. I, I don't have any problems with him being able to run out the trip. My query would be if a horse like Decoy Noxious did really try and break them open, and perhaps he could be a sitting duck just sort of sitting in there behind the speed. But or, or that alternative, that might suit him. Exactly. Might, yeah. su- might, might drag him into the race, and he might have field position on those – on Arnie's boy. And he's a lucky lad. And he's and he's rock hard fit and yep. would have been absolutely set for this by a very astute uh, yard in Nick Carapalotti. So <laughs> I just think that at the current price, he's he's not like he's not quite like there. A, yeah, he's is. not quite there. Yeah, like yeah. I, at the moment, I'm thinking five dollars would be a bet for me. Arnie's boy, seven dollars upwards, eight dollars upwards would be a bet for me to get involved in this race. With with um, there's a chance. But if I was to put one on top here, gun to head, he'd be he'd be the way I'd lean. Okay, yeah, I'm sort of feeling feeling a little bit like that as well. Um, obviously, um. Obviously, Betfair, betfair.com.au, hoping for some um, some uh, better prices come closer to race day. I think anyone, I think we spoke about this on the show last week, anyone who was patient with the uh, Western Knight situation was rewarded on the exchange. A bit of- uh, The only one as well, all yep. the King's men out all, to $4.50 on the exchange as well. Yep. So if you uh, if you hold your horses, then- uh, <laughs> Hold your horses, then uh, sometimes you can be rewarded there, especially on the Betfair exchange. Uh, there's been a few examples of that lately, where you can where you can get itchy and chime in early if you think you found one, or you can or you can wait and um, and get rewarded. Fingers for crossed it. for fingers crossed for you, blokes. Nick Carapalotti could have a, a big weekend ahead. The the way things are sounding, yeah, he's 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 obviously he's set his horses for for the round, and uh, he's going to try to um, pull off some big results starting today on Hannon's Handicap Day. All right, so no mastermind today. 
listeners. Um, we'll be back with semi-final number one of our uh, WA Racing Media Mogul Tournament. Um, but uh, we still need to give a shout-out to our fantastic sponsors up there at the Mundaring Hotel Heart of the Hills since 1899, located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring, in Butchie O'Connor, uh, champion fella. If you're uh, if you're in the neighbourhood, driving up uh, through the hills there, make sure you drop in and see in red carpet treatment, feed, flutter, froffies, family atmosphere with the beautiful weather. The big deck's going to be cranking. So um, yeah, and if you do. Uh, happen to uh, to go past or drop into the Mundaring, have a chat to Butchie. He loves his racing and um, he'll he'll be very hospitable there up at the Mundaring. So very much looking forward to our semi-final showdowns coming up. We've got semi-final number one between uh, Michael Heaton and Scotty Embry. That'll be on next Thursday's opening of Ascot edition. Bit of an inside running head-to-head. Yes, yes. And uh, – Following that will be um, Mr. Mastermind himself, Jay Rooney, Hall of Famer. He will be taking on Britt Taylor. So Tommy Johnston earlier in the show predicted there could be a bit of a bit of value in the uh, BT Britt Taylor price there. So uh, the winner of uh, each semi-final will go through, and um, they'll be trying to win the Friss Grand Final Day uh, Thursday, October <laughs> twenty. So very much looking forward to that. And we're back with the Tab Touch West Speed Platinum Handicap over 1,300 metres. Been a bit of a move since the markets are open this morning, fellas. Number one, prize pursuit as we were recording, $1.85, $1.80 in some places. Tommy, what do you think of that? I think happy Hellatorian Day. Hashtag Heller. I think it's justified the close enough to $2. I thought $2.40 was probably... A Tiny bit long, like the two twenty marks probably deserved. Yeah, considering I think the only danger in this race because this is one of the worst races I've ever seen um, is that Halatorian would need to find a good spot in running, maybe midfield in a three wide line to compete with it. The rest I don't think can beat it. So, Love Junk Baby, I had third pick at around nine dollars. I had Halatorian second pick at around uh, mid five. And I was low twos for Price Pursuit. The rest I give absolutely none in this field. You didn't. You didn't have. A, you didn't find Nicholas in your market. No. I did, what price? Nicholas. 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 I had eighteen. Yeah. So what is it now? Seventeen. So it's around that mark. Seventeen. Some places. Interesting. Um, interesting that uh, your man Trigger Lodge Roy Rogers two runners Halatorian and the on speeder potentially on speeder sneaky, oh, sneaky, sneaky fox, fox race. down the bottom. So I wonder if it's uh, it's going to be sneaking sneaky fox uh, rolling and um, setting some setting some genuine tempo there and uh, the double double headed double pronged attack for the Roy Rogers yard. Um, yeah, sneaky I mean fox. I actually don't think sneaky, sneaky fox is hopeless. Sneaky fox scratched from midweek. Yeah, was it Monday? Yeah, Monday. I actually thought and Roy's had a couple of winners lately, so I think he he's might back. Be, he might be back. I'm glad so. you're saying that he's back because yeah. we're all thinking it. And as <laughs> far only won by 17 yeah. minutes. <laughs> but no, we don't promote team riding. There won't be speed on. It'll just be run to <laughs> Oh no, but I mean that's it wasn't necessarily that. It was more the fact that that horse is in the race. His yeah. fingers were crossed behind the chair. Yeah, and uh, I actually don't think, I think Sneaky Fox, if it, get, if it rolls along out in front with uh, minimum Weight, um, it's uh, it, like I mean, it was only 1.6 behind Prize Pursuit as a seven dollar pop 
two starts ago uh, at Northern. That was so it's, it's going to be fresh um, off seventy two days on Saturday. But I reckon I might run some cheek. The sneaky fox. Yeah, I just thought show some cheek. Brother. I just thought thirteen might be the. See it out. See it out. Yep. Yeah, that was that was my thinking as well. Mm. I try. I, I had a good look at Sneaky Fox, thinking mm, perhaps Chris Nickel could roll along and really try and try and uh, pinch it here. But I think that perhaps the the thirteen hundred meters first up without a trial might be might be what sees Sneaky Fox out. And mm. I also concede it's it's absolutely no fun at the price now. Currently black money, but concede price per shoot looks looks very hard to beat here and that last start win was really strong and gee, was powerful soft. wasn't it yeah, really like, yeah. soft really soft he, um, he was another who looks like he relished being back on top of the ground yeah there. exactly and that race actually rated six lengths faster than yep. class average for the Kalgoorlie 1200 meter circuit so that's a really really strong win on, on dry ground and, and I can't um, see and with the change from a country template to a metro template he stays at the same way exactly yep. exactly being a being a West Speed platinum handicap and I can't see any of those runners from that event there's a couple who, who meet him again here being able to to turn the tables and I just think that he he maps for a, a world perfect run just tucked away in behind the speed and hit 1400 metres is no issue he's a winner at the trip already this preparation and really I think should be putting two dollar two two dollars two wins in a line here and I was 220 so I thought I agree with you as completely Tom 220 was about bang on the right price so currently at a dollar 90 that's not uh, enthusing, mm-hmm. but I do concede he looks very hard to beat. And in in my notes as well, I had Halatorian as the, as my second favourite and the the big X factor runner back onto back onto dry ground, which he quite literally needs. Yeah. He he's completely legless, completely pen everything is, is he's that done. What, is that what is that what you you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. Just from after post race and stuff, hearing I think it was Northern. Or we knew early like he probably doesn't handle the soft that Astro Warrior run just was too bad to be true. Clint came off and said like. He travelled okay, just but never really got his foot settled and then turned into the corner. He um, had something to offer and he thought, oh, maybe this is just the horse, like doesn't really travel well, but when you ask him for an effort, he goes and he just didn't. And then Northern, Brad got off and said it was a really good run, but just really does not get through that soft ground at all. And then last start, same scenario, basically was a bog track and wheels started spinning. So he would preferably run on buddy cement and gravel, um, and get it as firm as possible, and we should get close to that. I would hope uh, on Saturday there looks to be a little bit of rain around on the forecast, funnily enough, which would just be our luck if it starts raining. Yeah. However, I mean, a little bit of rain at Kalgoorlie probably brings it to a true good four. So, uh, yeah, any any firmness in the ground he will appreciate, that's for sure. I just think that from the barrier, if, if as you touched on, if Lactar can lob him in that sort of three wide moving line with cover, I think he's right in the game and he just has to be a query for me from that gate given there's also on the flip side every possibility that he, he could end up last in a, a position from which I don't think he would be able to pick up the favourite from. So I do think Price Pursuit is, is very hard to beat BJ, but Halatorian is the, the X Factor runner there at double figures for me. Again, once again, might be a Betfair job. Uh, sit around on the exchange. Price pursuit late might get out to the 220 that you blokes are looking at. It does stand out as um, and as the market has well and truly found him this morning. But uh, to Tommy Johnson and all the uh, crew in Halatorian, best of luck. Um, see Hella back on track. Race six is the LD total handicap. This is a 1,300-metre, 72-plus bit of quality, a few quality horses going around here. Fellas, what did you come up with? 
He wants to t- he wants to be first off, Riley. Um, I really, I actually really struggled with this race, BJ, as a result of a few uncertainties at play in terms of whether or not they back up. Excellent dream from the Hannans today, who's obviously your two dollar ninety favourite currently in the market. Who I think looks your most likely winner if they do back up. But again, you never know how horses truly handle that that two day back up until they do it. So yeah, for me, BJ, there's more questions and answers regarding this race. But I do think that if they don't back up with excellent dream that I just thought yeah Darty has to be the class runner in the field doesn't he yeah yeah, he does. I've actually been on Yeah Daddy's last couple. I thought his idyllic Prince run was really good. I was a little bit disappointed with him in the Farnley, but I feel as though this um, back on top of the the ground, he could he could be an improver. Um, blinkers have gone on. I've noticed that the Erklands camp have gone for a gone for a gear change there, and uh, just tucked in behind the speed from two. Brandon Louis claiming two. Um, yeah, Daddy could um, he could put his best to afford there. Um, what do we like? Yeah, it's interesting. Start the fry. Hannon's winner last year. Um, he lines up. Narachi's coming out a very high rating um, sprint race win. Well, if you, uh, if you Mexicola, like, yeah, if yeah. you like start the fry, then Mexicola is yeah. a moral in race three. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, Mexicola comes out of that that uh, Narachi race there. Um, even yeah. So I mean the. It's very hard to assess this race not knowing what uh, the Fernie Camp is doing with Excellent Dream. Whether he, because um, I imagine if he um, if he won a Hannon's, I could. I wonder what sort of penalty he'd get yeah. in this race. I don't even know if that would be. Um, yeah, just bear with me for one moment, John. So he's a eighty-five rater. The Hannon's is actually a eighty-five plus, so he could get a two and a half, three kilo penalty if he happens to win and back up. But if he does win, I'd imagine that they wouldn't be going around in this race. Maybe if he gets beat, runs well, he'll he'll butter up. But um, any thoughts, Tommy? Um, yeah, if I wish Excellent Dream was scratched from the Hannon's, to be honest, because I would have him. Him, yeah, I'd have him clear favourite in this. Yep. But just in the back of my mind, I don't see them backing up. Yeah. I know he's nommed and like accepted for this race, but I just, I think this is one that I'm kind of penciling in my own head that he will come out. You, which can't, you can't imagine the Hannans will be a gentle, a gently run 1400 metres either. No, and I get it's like, oh, I was back to 13 or whatever, but I mean, it doesn't really make a difference. I just think even if it does go round off two days, it's not necessarily one that it's not. Two days over a trip is a bit different where you're running 2,000 or 2,000 because you've got to work them twice a week with good hit outs anyway. But just over these sprinting trips, it might bring them undone. And I don't know, a horse like Jericho Missile, three starts back, ran third in a new market to the rodeo mm-hmm. and then sixth uh, um, resort man in that same race as, yeah, Darty who ran fifth. And they were similarly placed and you get... Uh, Jericho Missile go down a kilo, yeah, Daddy go up half a kilo and gets Brandon Louise. So in that little match race, I've got Jericho Missile just on top. Um, so that's the way I'll kind of land in here uh, is that Jericho Missile is my top pick around. It's hard to do prices with excellent dreams still in the race, yeah. but I imagine that comes out and I'll have him around $3 and the way I'll be playing. Yeah, yeah, I think they're the two, aren't they? If, if you're... If you're ignoring Excellent Dream right now, it's going to be your Yeah Jardis or your Jericho Missiles for mine. Um, I don't know if this is his race, but I'm I'm thinking Excellent. Vital Blast might be building towards something as well. Big big weight dropper on Saturday. Sean O'Donnell sticks. Um, barriers terrible for him. Might push forward, um, but I think he'll he'll win a race soon. Um, but yeah, tr- very tricky to assess with uh, Excellent Dream still in the race. Interesting what price Yeah Darty starts if Excellent Dream does come out. Mm, yeah. 
I think that's that would play a big factor in in how I'd play this race. As uh, as I did mention, I think that he looks the class runner in the field. If Excellent Dream doesn't back up from from today's Hannons, but it's just interesting to see how short he he might get in the market. Justin Erklins has a pretty powerful team heading out to Kalgoorlie on Saturday, and whether or not she um, they have a real strong confidence with this horse heading into the weekend in regards to him just really dry, crying out for that dry deck. Mm. Interesting, isn't it? All right, we'll, we'll hold fire there with our with our uh, comments here on race six. That the, the the excellent dream um, being still being the race makes it a real challenge. Witten's Irrigation and Design—they're the irrigators of choice for the West Australian racing industry. Owner operator Craig Witten has extensive experience working on racetracks across this great state, especially in his role as irrigation technician on the hallowed turf at Ascot and Belmont Park. Craig and his team also specialise in designing and delivering projects for commercial thoroughbred and standardbred racing properties. Check out Witten's Irrigation and Design on Instagram and Facebook and get in touch with Craig. So whether it's racetrack, residential or commercial, water wisely with Witten's. But we'll move on to race seven. This is the first ever Ron Sayers Sprint. Uh, new initiative here, $125,000 rating, 66 plus. Uh, Ronnie, of course, passed away uh, earlier this year, was a, um absolute titan of uh, business and, and racing within Western Australia and internationally, of course, and um, Kalgoorlie man and, um, yeah, massive contributor to the Kalgoorlie Boulder Racing Club. And he's been honoured with this uh, Ron Sayers sprint on Hannon's Handicap Day. And I'll tell you what, put, put a bit of dollars into a ratings race and look at the field that you've got here. We've got... 14 plus 4, and I imagine there was, um, I think there was 36-odd nominations for this particular well, race. Yeah, I think there was something like 18 emergencies. Yeah. So really good support for, for the race, and I'm not surprised with the prize money on offer. All right. Tommy, this has got your name written all over. I reckon you found one here. What have we got? I, I reckon I found one as well, funnily <laughs> enough. Um, I reckon I found a few. Uh, I've settled with three really similar in the market, about 20 cents apart in uh, race recorder, false statement, pixie chick, and rain of fire. Mm-hmm. And I think in an, this race, the speed will be on real hot early. I think there's enough speed drawn all over the park that uh, they'll really go hell for leather in the first 200 meters and allows a horse like rain of fire to find a position uh, somewhere midfield, worse than midfield off the fence. And uh, as they turn for home, gets a really good slingshot into it when horses start making their move. So that's my top pick is Reign of Fire, and it's opened up 12s, which is more than enough for me. I'm less than half that. Uh, Pixie Chick a little bit short now at the 420, but false statement. Uh, this time last year, I won a race and beat Bray, who came out and won two or three listed races post that start. I won a ratings race and then two listed races after that. Mm-hmm. So the form is red hot out of that. So I'm taking that he, he loves the track. $14 on offer from a decent barrier can sit somewhere closer than last. Um, so they're the, those two in particular, false statement and rain of fire would be the way I lean here. Um, interesting to note a horse like Harmika, who's put in what I would call two below par runs. Yeah, well below par. Yeah. Last start had excuses with the elevated heart rate. Um, and first up, I thought excuses were just the tactics of taking a sit I don't think that's worked. I think this horse needs to push forward. However, this is a race where from barrier one, I think they'll be lucky to hold a spot uh, up front. So they're likely to sit behind the speed, but I think that's the way they've got to go. Um, And then the real interesting horse in the race is can't be done. 
Now, Brad opened Tell it up. Tell us about Can't Be Done. I, I don't know a whole lot. Mm. Um, Brad opened it up $3.30, which I can see why he would do it. He must think that it's uh, superior form lines than what's on offer here, which he's probably correct. Jump the broom from my knowledge is quite a good horse and so is Blazer Trail. Um, however, the $7 now from the Sticky Gate, I think is more the correct price. I was around six sixty as a guess, but just all in all, this is a fantastic race for a uh, 66 plus in Kalgoorlie and I've landed on Rain of Fire and False Statement. Okay, so just quickly on Can't Be Done, this is a former Danny O'Brien trained horse from Victoria, has a Sandown Lakeside 1200 metre win, uh, Ballarat 1100 metre win, Sandown Lakeside, that's two, 1200 metres, so actually won a, um, a full Saturday stake race as a two-year-old at Sandown Lakeside and won on debut uh, back in May 2019 at sale over the 1100. So two 1100s and two 1200-metre wins from, so that's four wins in total for 22 runs with the Danny O'Brien yard has been brought to uh, Western Australia with the Peter Fernie yard makes his WA debut in the Ronnie Sayers on Saturday. And as um, as Tommy said, the market makers opened him up very short initially, but he has sort of uh, been wound out since the market has matured since. Huge point of difference runner, can't be done. Really, really big point of difference. And I was also amazed at how well respected she was in the market, particularly particularly early. And this is a horse who's run some serious races against some high quality sprinters, BJ. I'm not sure how much you know about some of the horses that she did go around against over in Melbourne, but she was running good races against high quality Melbourne sprinters on very fast, good three, good four Caulfield tracks, which is which is typical and sand down tracks, which is typical conditions you find at Kalgoorlie and most likely the conditions we will see on the weekend. And no doubt she's she's also been aimed up at this fresh for the hometown racing round. And although Lucy, I concede, will definitely need some luck from that draw, they should really string out here. They'll, they'll go like the absolute clappers in this with the amount of speed engaged. And they should string out, which should provide plenty of opportunities for her to find some cover, maybe three, four wide moving line. And it just gives me the feel that this this could be Peter Fernie's carnival horse. Mm, it just a, gives me that. Is it sting? Is there a sting? Yeah, it gives me that kind of that kind of vibe. And this could be the horse that he's absolutely set for this, and and could be the worst kept secret in the goldfields come Saturday afternoon. So, this is just the the vibe I'm getting Pete, from this horse. Pete Fernie might have uh, approached the club and thought, you know, it would be a good idea. Ronnie Sayers race on uh, <laughs> Hannah's Handicap Day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> With this exactly. horse in yeah, mind, yeah, uh, chuck a bit of prize money. <laughs> it should get some good nominations. Uh, One hundred twenty-five thousand. That'll be about right, I reckon. Um, but just just quickly, starting price per profile for can't be done uh, was a three thirty a three dollar thirty pop in the um, Vobus Gold El Dorado at Echuca back in March that ran second and was also a eight dollar pop in a hundred thirty thousand dollar race I think that's the Mornington Cup day in March as well so uh, has some good um, SPs in some quality races that I imagine um, uh, far outweighs the the strength of what he will be um, combating. First up, Kalgoorlie on Saturday. So very interesting runner. Yeah. Uh, for a tip from you, Riley? Uh, in terms of a tip, at the moment, the price can't be done getting out to. That's the way I'll go. I did really like the setup for Pixie Chicks as well, who, who Tom's already touched on. I think that form through state of power is really strong. And I just think that perhaps with the amount of speed coming from out wide and the three, four wide moving lines that potentially might be building here, Barrier 6 might actually not be a great draw for her and that she might be cluttered up between runners midfield needing some room to, to 
sort of get out when they do slingshot around the corner and, and false statements also over the odds for me there I was $10 false statement who is a, a track and distance winner at Kalgoorlie so false statement at $14 is also over my price but for from a tipping perspective I'll start up with the point of difference here in the Ron Sayers sprint in can't be done for Peter Fernie. Mm, market's going to be very interesting um, in probably the, the last uh, 10 to 15 minutes of betting there with can't be done. Uh, you'll know that uh, the stable is, is confident if, if this particular horse starts to firm. You, um, just, you just love something like that. Oh, it has to, though, BJ. It like has you're to sitting there, yeah. You're sitting there and you yeah. just see this Peter Fernie horse set for the round all of a sudden has gone $7 into $3.60 and you're just sitting there going, wow, everyone in town has to be on this horse. So look forward to seeing what the market does late. Yeah, I, like, I actually like Rain of Fire with you, Tommy. I think he's um, crying out for this going. That that victory over Forest War, West Speed Race, three starts ago was good. Uh, I like the way that he, he found the line behind Carly's Karma. Um, uh, two weeks, two Saturdays ago, Rain of Fire blending in, Geordie Turner from the gate, peeling, letting loose. If he's, if he's right... Uh, and the Colin Webster stable strike rate this season particularly has been incredible mm. thus far. I think Rain of Fire um, is um, will get me. Uh, one horse who's down down in the weights and will be um, most will probably think that he's outgraded. But I think with the run and the weight and the way that this race might shape up, he might be able to fall into a top three finish at a big price. His number twelve choice bid, um, consistent lands on speed, fifty two kgs. Keshaw Duran and um, with the yeah, as I said, map wise, speed wise, tempo wise, he could be the horse who gives a bit of a kick and is maybe a length and a half clear with one hundred and fifty to go and just get swamped. But he's going to go around at a big price and could run a race as a lightweight hope there in the initial, the inaugural Ronnie Sayers Sprint. Okay, guys, it's time for our feature. It's the time-honoured 4X Gold Kalgoorlie Cup listed race, 150,000 over the 2,200 metres. We have the Coolgardie Cup winner, no apology. We have the, the Boulder Cup winner, Stafford's Lad, and... To throw another spanner in the works, we've got a Carnarvon Cup winner, unusually, in native times. So it's all come together for this 12-horse race. Stafford's lad uh, leads the weights here, 59 kilos, and stable mate, tell them we're coming at 58 and a half. We spoke to Terrier, Terry, Terrier, we spoke to Terry Layton earlier in the show, and he mentioned that he's going to be following the Maley stable here in the Cup. What did you guys, um, what, how did you feel like this race mapped out and uh, what's your assessment? From, uh, what's, what's the speed map looking like, Tommy? The speed map for me will be determined, in my opinion, by how fast Native Chimes wants to go, mm. in particular at, from the 1,000 metre mark onwards because that might be the difference here in that they might think Fit Horse coming off a, a really tough Carnarvon Cup win, um, they might think their best chance to win is to try and break them open and leave a few of them standing still, um, which I don't necessarily disagree with. Um, I don't necessarily think it's a chance, but I think that's probably their best way of doing it. Um, and I thought General Grant from the barrier will be forced to come across and breeze. And probably do a bit of work in getting there too, I would have thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, I would tend to agree. Uh, interesting one is uh, Rostropovich, what they do. Um, do they go forward from 11? Do they go back? I thought it got caught wide last start. Um so it's yeah, it's they still haven't worked out what to do with that horse tactically yet, have they? No, they haven't because they went forward last prep, um, I believe, against Sluice Box, uh, and it didn't really work out. That gave it an absolute shellacking. Yep. Um, and I think they've maybe taken a view that oh, it didn't work, but I just think that was just the horse at the time was that was as good a performance as he could put in. 
So it's yeah, it's it's interesting. The the barry draw doesn't help. It kind of forces their hand that they're either going to go forward or right or back. back. Yeah. So and I think they're better suited going forward um, as a winning chance compared to going back to last. I don't think you can out sprint a lot of these. So the way I've landed is he's a Parker on the basis that if they do uh, really roll along. When native triumph starts to come back to him, a lot of them are going to be forced to make moves around the around the bend, and I think it'll give him a great opportunity to put the horse into the race come the turn, whether it be cut the corner or follow the back of one that's travelling. And I think at the nine fifty, I was somewhere around the six fifty mark, so that's overs for me. And brother Paddy, I was uh, a lot shorter than um, I was actually second pick on brother Paddy, which says a lot. So that's the way I'll go. I'll look to find some value in what I think is quite an open Kalgoorlie cup. Mm. That was some run the other day from Hisa Parker, wasn't it's it? Slightly worrying that we're both seeing eye to eye with a horse like Hisa Parker. <laughs> they're on top selections here in the Kalgoorlie cup, but BJ, it's a really, it's a really intriguing edition of the cup and one, which I think will certainly divide opinion amongst punters and tipsters. You've, you've got me and Tommy here, both like the chances of Hisa Parker. Then we spoke to Terry earlier in the day who like the, the melee horses in, in bad wolf and sluice box. And then you could see, you could see heaps of, other people also getting involved in the in the SJ Miller pair mm-hmm. in no apology and, and general grant the favourites. So I just think that you you've got the favourite here coming in off a setback and having missed a run in the key form reference for this and despite coming from a stable that certainly doesn't lack in in being able to get horses fit and firing for their grand finals, I think that there is a slight query there and I think that just heading into this race, I had to watch the replay of that Boulder Cup a few times just to double check that I wasn't perhaps missing something as the key lead up for this. But I'm the same as Tom. I just kept coming back to he's a Parker. I thought he was he was far and above the best run in that race. And, and going back through his form prior to that run, it, which was pretty to be brutally honest, it was pretty putrid. He was just clearly crying out for a dry track away from Belmont and he gets Joe as a party aboard here for Kate Witten. And and one thing we do know about this horse is that he's an out-and-out stayer. He's a, a former Pinjarra Cup winner. And, and with the added tempo engaged here, I think through Native Chimes, it should play into his hands. And thought I thought perhaps with Joe aboard, he doesn't have to get back to last and could potentially sit a pair or two closer here. I did have a look at how he began in his two starts prior to that last start effort at Belmont. And it wasn't too bad. It was more of a last start. He was just a bit slow away mm-hmm. and slow to muster. So I've convinced myself that with the right run in transit, he's the only horse at their current prices in this field that I'd want to be on with some with some real queries hovering over a couple of, of the other key chances. Joey has a party looking for two Kalgoorlie Cups in a row, having uh, piloted Living the Dream to victory last year. And I was just going through some Kalgoorlie Cup history and off the top of my head, I'm... 99.9% sure that LaBelle Roos, who was the 1994 Kalgoorlie Cup winner, was trained by Heck McLaren. So um, so there you go. So Heck will be, what's that? 22, well, that's uh, that's uh, 20, what, 28 years between drinks for Heck McLaren there if he's going to, um, if he's a Parker's going to be winning the Kalgoorlie Cup on Saturday. What did you make of the the Morton pair? Um, they've, uh, Stafford's obviously won the won the Boulder Cup after an eye catcher in the Coolgardie Cup. I thought Tell Them Were Coming didn't have a lot of luck in either of the lead-ups, and I think I thought Gate 1 could be advantageous. It means he can probably land a bit closer than what he has been recently. I thought, I thought personally Stafford's got a 10 out of 10 in a, a race where he's basically fell in and 
also is penalised at the weights for that win and now draws barrier 10, likely gets a bit far, a bit further off them. And loses Chris Parnham. And loses yeah. Chris Parnham. That was, that was my reasons for knocking him at the price. I do. He's he's a really good stayer. If they really crank it on, then he's right in the game as well. I yeah. just think that at the price at $6.50 currently, there's there's better bets to be had than, than Stafford. I tend to think he, they'll both drift. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, if it's a war, uh, Stafford's will be the one who'll be strongest late, especially ridden quieter. So, Tommy? Yeah, just interesting to note with Talon becoming, they say 12 months is a long time in racing, and I think it's case in point considering he was second favourite or favourite? Favourite, yeah. Favourite on Hannon's Day last year in the Hannon's before bucking at the at the start and getting put out of the race straight away. And now he finds himself in a Kalgoorlie Cup just 800 metres longer and is right in the market. So it's interesting to what view people take on does he run the 20, 2200 strongly? And I don't personally think he does, especially if they put on the pace. Mm-hmm. I think that'll bring him unstuck. So I'm a little bit against him. I had him well and truly double figures around the $16 mark. So seven fifty is a bit skinny. However, I do think we'll see around sixteen dollars late for Tell Them We're Coming. Interesting. To be honest. I was I was eighteen dollars, tell them we're coming. Mm. I feel as though the um Ashley Maley has been building towards this race with Sluice Box. Um there's been better runs than him in the Kulgadi Cup and Boulder Cup. However, he's he he's a sort of stayer who loves tempo. Native Chimes and others can bring the pressure, um, then I feel as though it's going to really um, it's going to really uh, be advantageous to Sluice Box. Gets along super well with Sean McGruddy. He's back on for uh, the Calgary Cup. Um, 55 kgs, blending in, doing no work, maybe getting tacking onto something to drag him in the race. Uh, his form prior to that break, he he defeated Reliable Star, ran last of the line, um, split last of the line in Star Trade, who's one of the favourites for the Hannons today, and then he whacked um, Black Shadow and Star Trade in that 2,000-metre race. Uh, I think that Tommy was referring to Rostropovich earlier. So his, his form prior to uh, his break was elite. Third up, Kalgoorlie Cup. I think this could be the day for Sluice Box. Yeah, I think he had a really good read on the horse mm. with just doing the mile or 21 back to the mile, back at 21 and really cleaned up. And I think after a little break, I think he's, he's. I mean, we'll find out on Saturday. It's pretty easy to say in hindsight, but he might have just played this perfectly yep. in giving him a little break and then coming here in third up, just going bang. So, I mean, he's, I've got him 580 in my market and he's $6. So I think he's the right price. And it wouldn't surprise me to see him start favourite on race day. I've got a shocking record backing Sluice Boxing Cups. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, I think I'm with you. Oh, Esperance Cup. Esperance Cup. Geraldton Cup. Cup. I backed yeah. him. I was I was yeah. balls in in both of those yeah. and we, we didn't come out at the right end of the of the ledger. So I'm, I'm glad a, you said that, Rolly, because me and Sluice Box don't really get along that well either. But they it were could, both it 10 could out of 10 yeah. well, those two. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to touch Cup. on the favourite quickly, General Grant, who who even missing the run in the Boulder Cup, I feel, looks a, looks a good winning chance. He's a, he's a proper stayer on the up. Yeah, he's a real stayer. I love the way he can absorb strong tempos and sustain a long run, which are qualities you you love to see in horses in these country cups where the pressure valve, as you know, can really crank up a long way from home. So I don't think SJ would have had any worries in getting him fit enough for this despite the setback. And for me, it's just where he lands in running from the gates. And there's every chance I think he could be parked three deep as there's other horses that will want that spot in the breeze. I think no apology will want to be in the breeze or or just one off them in 1-1, sort of just in behind the leading pair. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a number of other horses 
horses that will also be looking for that spot, which could which could mean he's parked deep and doing a lot of work. So that's just my query with him currently at the four dollars. In my in my lead into this race, I forgot to mention Ombudsman is a Broom Cup winner as well. So we've got uh, we've got all the Country Cup form coming together for for the big one on uh, on Saturday, the, uh, the historic Kalgoorlie Gold Cup. All right, uh, gentlemen, what time is it? Get out stakes time. That is 100% correct, Riley. Get out stakes time. The extremely popular um, Twitter-based competition is brought to you by Market City Meats, largest retail butcher shop in Perth, located out of the Canning Vale Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt, great man he is. He runs the show with his team out there at Market City Meats. So make sure that you, um, if you're heading uh, down Bannister Road, drop in to Market City Meats. They, uh, they will look after you. That is for sure and certain. Now, we had our... We had our hands full last Saturday, uh, gentlemen. The first ever Get Out Stakes Dead Heat, El Safina and Benji's. And, of course, when you're making rules up on the run, as we like to do here at the 1-1, um, we just had to, to, to roll with our best. I, uh, I reached out to Sam White to see what he thought of how <laughs> we should play. He gave me his thoughts. I spoke to a lot of the smartest people um, that, I, uh, that I was around on uh, grand final day last Saturday when we were trying to work this out. We even contemplated a call to Tom Percy QC just to make sure, or KC now, to get a read on this particular um, outcome. But what we did do is we decided to, to give it to whoever had either Benji's or El Safina and the smallest possible, the, the lowest possible margin. And that ended up being a gentleman by the name of Rod Perry. He was nearest the pin. He had the lowest El Safina margin. And now Rod uh, is a four-time winner of the Get Out Stakes. So, mate, I don't know your secret, Rod, but um, that's awesome. And I imagine he'd be pushing up there for uh, for goat status. So when we ever get around to doing that on a board, Terry, um, we'll, uh, we'll make sure – because, Riley, you are a – Three-timer? Three or four, I can't remember. Yeah. I'm pretty one. sure it's... TJ's won it before. Yeah, so there's uh, there's plenty of... Uh, but yeah, Rod's right up there, rarefied air <coughs> as a uh, get-out stakes Hall of and Famer. You always know when I win as well because I, I, I'll tweet. <laughs> mate, <laughs> mate again. <laughs> you would have uh, thought Craig White would have been first... First in line with a dead heat after doing a dead heat. I know every week he's, like, he's dropped off. The last hundred odd <laughs> episodes, actually, he's he dropped off. I forgot about that. That's actually quite. Funny. He was the first person I thought of. Actually, I went looking for him, but uh, he was. Uh, yeah, he was radio silence from Craig. Imagine if he got it. He would have been heartbroken. That would have been dead up, Whitey. <laughs> <laughs> Never give up. Keep attacking. Um, all right. So the end of this week's get out stakes. It's race nine, Kalgoorlie Cup day this Saturday. Um, send us a tweet at the one one pod. Let us know who you think will win and a decimal winning margin, two decimal places preferred. And Tommy, you can never, ever forget what? First in, best dress. <laughs> That's right. The Sam White rule. Um, shout out to our man, Sam White. Race nine is the Neo Middle Medals Handicap. 1,400 metre graduation. We've got a full field to finish things off. Gee whiz. It's a uh, 16 plus one emergencies. Gentlemen, take it away. Riley Morgan, what do we got in the get out? <laughs> well, you, you know it's going to be a tough race to finish <laughs> the day when the two most likely winning chances on paper yeah. and according to the market are, are two of the hardest horses to trust going around in in Dunbar and, and Green and Shady. But mm-hmm. for me personally, I just I just have a feeling, BJ, that Dunbar may have turned a corner yep. as a five-year-old now off the back of a really impressive campaign when, when he was last in work. And I thought his first up effort, this preparation in a really strong race was, was a terrific return. He, he punched the breeze there 
there on a hot tempo and was only gunned down on the post by a horse who has since shown that he's clearly flying in, in enticing. And the enticing rest, just had that bit of race fitness on yeah, his side. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and the rest of the field really didn't make any mark on that margin at the finish whatsoever. So I, I think that you can take some real merit through that performance. And his form last preparation through Speed Dream and Stipperucci, I think, reads super for this. And for me, the most interesting part of this is the, the tactics they, they engage here from the barrier. As we, as we know, Dunbar, although he can be hard to trust, he is a very durable horse. Mm. He can go back and run well. He can go forward and run well. And there looks to be a fair bit of speed drawn underneath here. So in, in sort of powerful, no chance... Um, no change, sorry, um, Saturday Sinner and Market Strike who can go forward as well. So there's a bit of a query regarding where he gets to in running from the barrier. But for me, with the lack of trust with Green and Shady that I have and where Clint lands from the barrier, I think he encounters a lot of traffic from barrier four given he, he is, he's, a, he's a horse who doesn't isn't able to, to really hold a position. So I do think that uh, it's going to be shape. a uh, CJP special. Is yeah, it will have to be a, a CJP special. And potentially the horse does her best work getting her toe in, potentially, mm-hmm. looking back through her best runs in her career. So I just think that perhaps her good track record leaves a little bit to be desired there with Green and Shady. So I think I'll, I'll start up with Dunbar in the last on top. Dunbar. Tommy. I <laughs> will disagree. And I'll go Green and Shady. I'm quite short Green and Shady. I'm... I'm taking the view that this horse has been flying all prep and has had like his ninth of 12 against uh, Tishan Queen. It just wasn't suited. I thought last start was a massive effort, especially late. Yep. Um, From barrier four, it's it's just going to be, can they stay off the fence from barrier four? And if they can, I think that this is a perfect setup for him. If he gets a gap late, I think they'll be, or at any stage in the straight, I think he's got them done. I will never back Dunbar again as long as I live. I don't care <laughs> if it wins too. 10 in a row. I I will not back it. I've so many times I've been on and it burns me. And then now you get Paul Harvey off, Lucy Warwick on and a difficult gate. I think it's an even better excuse for me not to back it. I'm just, I'm happy to be on Green and Shady and at 550, I think it's worth the luck that he'll need. So Market assesses he'll win this 20% of the time. I think he can win this at least 40% of the time. So I'm happy to play it. What mm. price did you have Market Strike in your market? I couldn't get it anywhere near as short as $6. I was $8 Market Strike. I was $10.50. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I don't mind Market Strike. Um, just As a the, type or in this race? In this race, I just think the Simon A first up, um, Holly riding confidently, can sort of just be just behind the speed or right on top of it. Um, I think there's just a lot of filler in this race, mm. uh, especially from the the locals. Um, but uh, I don't like the way you're speaking about my man Boulder Dash. <laughs> well, I haven't got to Saturday Center just yet. Um, <laughs> but uh, such a good name, isn't it? Saturday Center. But yeah, I think from Market Shop was in my market, um, a bit short at the moment. I think it was what five fifty six dollars. And if you if you thinking that Market Strike and Green and Shady are the same price and you yeah, yeah, you have to be compelled to back Green and Shady. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, Tommy. I think I think right jockey on, coiled up. If the gaps appear, this is Green and Shady's race. Yeah, I think it's race over if he gets a gap. Yeah. 
Um, and yeah, and just I'm always interested in these lightweight on speed horses at a track like Kalgoorlie where they can sort of fall into a top three finish at, at price. So I thought Saturday Sinner wasn't suited in a very funny race, uh, class two race that pedal power bolted in the other day. Goes from 59 back to 54, can just tuck in behind a more genuine even speed and roll into the race can, and can box on into a top three finish at uh, at a price. I think currently. Um, sort of in the similar vein to like Choice Beard, as I was talking about earlier, Saturday Sinner, Madness Territory at the moment, 21 and 5 a whole. So um, so that brings our, uh, our preview of Calgary Cup Day to a close. Let's take a break, guys, and we'll be back with our best bets, our maddies, and our lays for Calgary Cup Day. Okay, listeners, we are back with our Betfair best betting propositions for Calgary Cup Day this Saturday. Tommy Johnson, your Betfair best. My Betfair best comes up in race two, uh, feuding for Nick Caraplotti. I think great setup, um, horse flying. So happy to back him against a very short price favourite in Henchard. Could be a big few days for the Nick Carapalotti yard. Riley, your Betfair best. Yeah, my best on the on the on Kalgoorlie Cup day. We'll go to race number three, BJ horse number two there, Mexicola. And if you if you are a fan of a double, I think you could you could roll that into Price Pursuit in race five. Double them up. I'm with you, Riley. Mexicola is my very best for Betfair there on Kalgoorlie Cup Day. Have you got a Maddie for us, Tommy? So we want something 20 to 1, $21 plus. My Maddie comes up in the cup and I'll go with Brother Paddy at 21 currently on Sportsbet and uh, Green Tab. So that's the way I'll go. I've got it marked significantly shorter, closer to $6 than I do 21 So. Well, there you go, BJ. My Maddie also comes up in the cup in the in the race number eight, and my Maddie is actually Bad Wolf, one of the one of the Maley horses there currently at, at nineteen dollars. I think that this horse has been building to something, mm-hmm. and think that there was plenty of merit in the last run and back onto a drying track. This could be Grand Final day. Money Maley, my Maddie for the day comes up in the last. We've spoken about him at length. Nick Carapalotti, Saturday Sinner, Chris Nickel. Low draw, low weight, could run a big race at a big price. That's in the Get Out Stakes race nine. Have you got a lay for us, fellas? Just Tommy? quickly, just yep. quickly for listeners as well who are who are tuning into last year's edition of the Kalgoorlie Cup preview. All yes. three Maddies won last year on the Kalgoorlie Cup preview. So have a couple of have a couple of dollars potentially <laughs> on the uh, on the treble there, and you never know. Gamble responsibly, Tommy. Uh, my lay of the day, I'll. I won't go Henchard because I got my best in that race, but I'll go with race four. He's a lucky lad for Adam Durant. I think it's too short in the market right now. Currently, his favourite, Riley, brave man taking on a couple of Durant runners, but mm-hmm. I'll also I'll go to race two and think that Henchard is currently under the odds there at, at two dollars even money. So we'll lay Henchard in race two. Don't mind either of those and something a bit different. I'm going to go uh, for a different race rather. Race three. I thought the. 350 around shoot your shot um first start in what 41 days i think that that price is a bit thin so at the price that is my lay of the day on cow cup day